Well, hello. Welcome on this snowy day. We are continuing our series, Family Dinner, where we are kind of looking at that picture of the dinner table, kind of that image of family as an illustration, uh, both literally and figuratively. Jesus spent a lot of time at the dinner table with people, and he paints kind of a picture for us of the church family as kind of those people that gather together just like a real family. So we're looking at those pictures. Um, I just have something kind of stuck in my mind uh, on a snowy day like this. Uh, there's the, the pastor's snowy Sunday joke. Should I, should I share it? Okay. Even if you've heard Okay. It's stuck in my mind, and you may have even heard it before. This is, one, this is the old joke. Um, all right. Snowy Sunday. You ready? Okay, snowy Sunday, and a pastor shows up for church, and they're, they're kind of in a farming community, and there's this, uh, he's like looking out, and nobody is coming, because the, and it's getting bad, and the snow is getting, he's thinking, uh, nobody's even going to show up today. And finally, one truck pulls into the parking lot, pulls in, and one old farmer walks into church, and it's just him and the pastor. And they're there, and the pastor looks at him and is like, well, I think it's just you and me today. Uh, what do you think we should do? It's just the two of us. And the old farmer looks at the pastor and he says, well, I'll tell you what. If I had a bunch of cattle and I went on a snowy day out to feed them and only one of them showed up, I'd feed them. And the pastor was like, wow, okay, well, what a great analogy. You're absolutely right. Let's get started. And the pastor got up and sang a song and did announcements and preached the whole message and did the whole thing and, and went through the whole service. And afterwards, he came over to the guy and he said, well, what do you think? And the farmer looked at him and said, well, if I went to feed my cattle and only one showed up, I wouldn't give him the whole hay bale. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, there you go. There's the old farmer Sunday morning. All right, come on, come on. Uh, give me a, give me. That's the snowy Sunday. All right. So, I don't know. We'll see. Maybe I'll give you the whole hay bale today. Maybe we'll cut it a little short. But, um, anyways, we're glad you're here on this snowy day. It is getting cold, and it's supposed to keep snowing till like 9 o'clock tonight. So, we have made the decision. We are not going to do our planned family dinner, our actual dinner tonight at Linda and Lenny's house. We're moving that to next Sunday, but that is a part of this series. In addition to talking about dinner, we are having our family dinners at different neighborhood houses around the community, but our one scheduled for tonight will be moved to next Sunday night, same time, same place, but you can sign up for one of our last two family dinners. One is next Saturday, and one is now next Sunday, and there's one or two spots left in, in the one that was planned for tonight, but it will be next Sunday. But to continue on with our series, uh, talking about family dinner, the first week we talked about the guest list. Last week we talked about, what did we talk about last week? What's that? Table manner. Thank you very much. Um, and today we're talking about the menu. 
Okay, what is on the menu? How many of you have this argument uh, at home? You're, you're at home and you're like, okay, what are we going to make for dinner? And you have like several different opinions. Um, it happens at my house probably three times a week where we get something together and we, we make something really nice. There's lots of care, lots of thought. We sit down to dinner and one of my kids ends up eating uh, life cereal for dinner. It drives me stinking nuts. Um, unbelievable. Back in the day, it used to be what is served for dinner is ate at dinner, right? No more. Uh, uh, we've lost that battle at my home. I don't know about you, but uh, that is often a debate. Sometimes when we're going out to dinner and we're driving around and we start to have the discussion, where should we go? My son always says, Subway. My daughter always says, Panda Express. My wife always says something else. And I'm just in the middle trying to argue or trying to mediate between the argument and trying to make peace. I can... I can find something to eat at every fast food restaurant. It's actually one of my skills is I can tell you right now, you can name any fast food restaurant there is, and I can tell you exactly what I would order, Del right? Taco. Del Taco? Or the taco number two combo, of course. Um, all right, but good try. You don't know that number two, Burger King. You got to go with the big king, but I don't like the sauce. Light on the sauce. For the big king. Anybody else? Anybody else want to try? You doubting my skills with fast food? Okay. What? Okay. Uh, Long John Silver's? I suppose I would get. Uh, I suppose I would get the fish platter. Um, I don't know. Okay. Come on. Can we go a little mainstream? You guys are mean spirited. All right. Okay. Anyways, all right, I was called into question. I was checked by the Del Taco and Long John Silvers. Come on. Um, all right. But this is often the debate. What's on the menu? What will we eat? What are, you know, what is going to, uh, what are we going to have? And this is often the discussion. And it's interesting to me how a lot of times, uh, people say stuff like this. This makes no sense whatsoever. People say, what mood are you in for dinner? What in the world are you talking about? You know what? People, people are talking about that. I'm in the mood for Mexican. I'm like, what kind of mood is that? I, I don't know what mood Mexican is. Or I don't know what mood. Like, if I'm in a bad mood, I want a steak. If I'm in a good mood, I still want a steak. I mean, it's pretty simple, but um, maybe I'm a simple person. But, but this is a discussion a lot of times is what are we going to eat for dinner? Uh, in Matthew chapter 15, there was a little bit of this discussion. And um, Jesus has an interesting encounter and is a story that is repeated several times in the scripture. Actually, I think about six times in scripture, the same story is repeated. I don't know if there, um, there is, I'll explain in a minute, but, but I don't know if there's another story that is repeated that many times. But in Matthew chapter 15, verse 29, it says this, Jesus left 
there, and he was, he was traveling along. He just came from the cities of Tyre and Sidon, kind of along the coast of the Mediterranean, north of Jerusalem. And he went along the Sea of Galilee. There he went up on a mountainside and sat down. Great crowds came to him, bringing the lame, the blind, the crippled, the mute, and many others. And they laid them at his feet, and he healed them. The people were amazed when they saw the mute speaking, the crippled made well, the lame walking, and the blind seeing. And they praised the God of Israel. Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I have compassion for these people. They have already been with me three days and have nothing to eat. I do not want to send them away hungry. They may collapse on the way. His disciples answered, Where could we get enough bread in this remote place to feed such a crowd? How many loaves do you have? Jesus asked. Seven, they replied, and a few small fish. He told the crowd to sit down on the ground. Then he took seven loaves and the fish. When he had given thanks, he broke it. He gave it to the disciples, and they in turn to the people. They all ate and were satisfied. Afterwards, the disciples picked up the seven baskets full of broken pieces that were left over. And the number of those who ate were 4,000 men besides women and children. So this passage, you're like, I've heard that before. Jesus feeds a lot of people. Well, here you go. If you're reading along in your Bibles, and I can see you all are reading along on the screens. Uh, but, that's okay. You can do that. Um, if you flip back one page to Matthew 14... Almost the same exact story happens one chapter earlier, right before his travels, where Jesus fed 5,000. And it's almost the same words. Is that they were like, there was a large crowd. He had compassion on them. The disciples were saying, hey, what are we going to do to eat? And then Jesus says, had the people sit down on the grass, taking five loaves and two fish. This time he had five loaves and two fish from a little boy. He looked up to heaven, gave thanks, broke the loaves, gave them to the disciples. Disciples gave them to the people. They all ate and were satisfied. And there was stuff left over, and the number of those who ate was about 5,000 besides women and children. This story is in Mark. This story is in Luke. This story is in John. And it's either five or six times it's repeated. So I don't know, I don't think that there's any... Thing that happened. It's almost the exact same story that happened. Why in the world would the author write it, then write it a little bit more, write almost the same exact story again? Of course, it's two different occasions, and he's recording two different things that took place, but it's just, it's interesting how Jesus repeats this. And I don't know if it's just, you know, it's out of necessity that this is Jesus' kind of like trick that he does. And this is, this is pretty cool and everybody likes it. But I think that there's also, there's always a spiritual component. And there's an important piece that there's a reason that maybe he repeats this miracle again. And it's odd that the disciples, even though just before they saw him feed 5,000, they have another crowd at another place following Jesus again. Now there's 4,000. They look around at each other and they're like, what are we going to do? Didn't you see what he just did? There was 5,000 before. Now there's 4,000. He can handle it. Okay? Last time there was five loaves. 
This time we have seven loaves. We're good to go. It's all good. And Jesus again does the same thing, says almost the same words, and the disciples look around again and we're like, man, what were we thinking? What, what would that moment be like, like later on when the disciples and Jesus were talking and, and Jesus was like, what? Didn't think we were going to have enough, huh? What, what, do you, what do you think? And the disciples were like, oh, I don't know, sorry. But they didn't get it. And I think sometimes there's repeating things in Scripture, there's repeating messages in Scripture because we don't get it. We don't get it. And actually... As I was looking through, this is a repeated story all throughout the Bible. When the nation of Israel was wandering around in the desert and needed food, God sent them food, manna from heaven. You've heard that. And they were, they ate all they needed. And then the next day, it came again. And the next day, it came again. There's a story about Elijah in the scripture, how he like interacted with this woman that didn't have enough to eat and he said you know what just keep pouring oil from that jar and it kept like pouring out and she had just enough and she had just enough there's something very unique i think particularly about food and this message that jesus is saying they will have enough you will have enough but food is interesting because food spoils right and so you can't just like keep like a bunch of food forever and ever. Wouldn't it be nice if you're like, talk about a retirement package. If food never went bad, of course, it, some stuff uh, stays for a while. But like if you could get to a point in time where you just had enough food where you're like, I never have to go to the grocery store ever again. This is fantastic. You make a giant plate of lasagna, and it's just so big that you just have it in the freezer forever and ever and ever. No, at some point, it goes bad. And particularly Jesus with food kind of uses this message, and throughout the Bible uses this message. You will have enough. But if you have too much, and if you have too much at a meal... What happens? You get sick if you overeat. Okay? I have been there uh, where it's like, I ate too much. All right? On last Sunday night, or last Monday night, when we had our community meal and we had our family dinner, and like, I had one of the most fantastic. Uh, Philly cheesesteaks, and then we had all this extra stuff, and then the cheesecake was coming, and then Connie's like, oh, look at this. I made some homemade caramel. I was like, okay, homemade caramel. I can't pass that up. Let's dump it on. And like afterwards, you're like, whoa, man, that was a good meal, but maybe a little too much. That's the thing, is at some point in time, with food in particular, there is too much. But the next day, you need it again. But this is what Jesus, how Jesus kind of like communicates to his disciples right here. Is he's like, look at this. Here's what's on the menu. Here's what's on the menu, everybody. Maybe it's not exactly your preference. Maybe it's not exactly your pick. Maybe it's not Del Taco, like some people, some of you love to eat. But you will have your needs met. 
you will have enough to eat when you are at my table, but you have to come back for more tomorrow. That's how it goes with food. And so it's an interesting deal. It's an interesting thing, and I think that many times in our world, when we think about uh, kind of the dinner table, we often are kind of the people that maybe we're picky, maybe we are not quite sure, maybe we have an argument over what is to eat. Can you imagine, think about this for a moment, can you imagine going to the third world, showing up with a meal, and them saying, you know what, I was kind of hoping for Mexican food today. And rice and beans is not what I'm wanting today. Can you imagine going to a place where people are starving and them looking at you and saying, you know what, not what I'm in the mood for today. I was kind of hoping for a, you know, a little Italian, not spaghetti, overdone spaghetti, but maybe, you know, maybe something, something different, something, wow me with something, would you please? But this is kind of the world that we're in now, right? Where Jesus is in a world where people are traveling around and following him for several days and are hungry. And he's like, I think they're going to pass out if they don't get something to eat. And they eat and they're satisfied and they have everything that they need because they're there with Jesus. But we are in a world where we have so much that we go to the dinner table and we look around and we say, no, thank you. I'd like something else. And sometimes we have so much that we eat ourselves sick. Think about that. We eat ourselves sick because we have so much. Jesus paints a different picture. What is the menu? Think back again now to the family dinner table picture as the life of the church, the community of faith. What God has given us just kind of around here. Um, it was pretty fun this past uh, week beyond the cheesecake and uh, sandwiches and all those different things. We had a great conversation. It was, it was so much fun just sitting around the dinner table on Monday night and having a conversation that many times I had to, like, I, I, I was sitting there, we were getting late into the night and the coffee was still going and we were talking and we were engaged and people were just, like, really getting to know one another and there was lots of laughs, lots of stories, all that different stuff. At some point in time I had to say, okay, everybody, we got we to gotta go to bed at some point in time. We got we to gotta put an end to this, but we're going to do this again sometime. It was so much fun kind of around that table. And um, even something that was really interesting is my daughter was there. My daughter is nine. And she showed up and she spent the whole time at dinner hanging out with uh, a couple of the toddlers that were there and watching them and having such a good time. And I looked around and as I was reflecting on the night, I saw some people brought, everybody brought something. Um... Some people brought like this like carrot salad, and I'm like, carrot salad, not quite sure about that. But when you, you know, I was like, I'll try it a little bit. It was so good. It was really good. And then, you know, like my daughter was there. She was helping out with the kids. There was a great conversation. And just looking around that table, I was like, wow, what a wonderful meal. We have everything we need. 
Everybody's full. And what a wonderful night. So often we forget that God has given us everything we need. Just the other day, even though I was preparing for this message and I should have known better, I was kind of like in a tired mood and my wife was like caught on to that. And she's like, what's wrong with you? What's going on? You okay tonight? I was like, just tired. She's like, well, okay, all right. She's like, what, what else is going on? I was like, I am just tired. And it was uh, through a busy, busy week. And I was like, sometimes I'm tired of working lots and lots and lots of hours and not making a whole lot of money. That's what I feel like sometimes. And she looked at me and it was like, so frustrating. Mm-hmm. Like straight out of my sermon notes. Made me mad. But she looked at me and she's like, but guess what? What we make is enough. That's all she said. I was like, you're absolutely right. (laughs) It's frustrating sometimes when it feels like maybe I wish I had like Mexican food right now. But then we look around and God is saying, what I've provided you is enough. And you're satisfied. And you have everything you need. And I was sitting there, I was like, Elisa, I want to punch you, but then you just made my sermon a little bit better because I could tell that story, so thank you. And, and she was like, yeah, what we have is enough. So what are you whining about? And Jesus sets the table in that way over and over and over. And all throughout the Bible, he sets the table that way and shows the picture of the family of God. That he's like, I will give you what you need in this moment, right here, right now. And I'm not going to give you so much that you're going to eat yourself sick. I'm going to give you what you need. And then you need to come back to the table again. And you need to show up again and again and again. So, Jesus gives us this picture over and over of this dinner table that there will be enough. So, here is something that we have to recognize, though, if we want to fully embrace this. Remember again, Hold the illustrations kind of in both, uh, both ways. That this is a picture, of course, Jesus ate and hung out and had dinner with people. And that's an important part of what we do and who we are. But then, again, remember the picture of the family of God, the church, the community of faith. You know, when we're planning these family dinners, um, I don't do a, I, I don't do details when we plan some of these dinners. And then people grab me afterwards and they're like, hey, uh, what's, what's the menu? I'm like, I don't know. I don't have any idea. Um, and they're like, what should I bring? I'm like, bring whatever you want. I don't know. We do the breakfast, and people are like, you know, is somebody else bringing donuts? What, what should we bring? What should, should we bring fruit? I'm like, I don't know. Just bring whatever you want. And I'll tell you why. It's because I know I've been to many of these meals, and there's always enough. On Monday, I spent the whole day, Connie and I were texting back and forth, and I was like, Connie, do I need to bring anything? She's like, no, don't bring anything. 
I was like, are you sure I don't need to bring anything? Some more people are going to be coming. She's like, no, you don't need to bring anything. She's like, well, if you have a bag of chips, you can bring it. So I finally, I brought a couple of bags of chips, and the bags of chips kind of sat on the side and were never even opened because you di we didn't need a bag of chips. This is how God works. Understand this. When God comes and gathers people around the dinner table, there's always enough, and there's just enough. There's always enough. And I want you to think about this for your family. Because there's been moments in time in my life where I've had a lot of fear. And this is faith building. This is what God does in us. There's been fear sometimes in my life where I've thought, you know what? I don't, I don't know if my kids are quite getting. I don't know if everything, my kids are quite going to get everything they need. What, what else can I do? And of course, we have to be good parents. We have to be engaged. But if we're doing what we can do, guess what I found is God's grace is enough. It's enough. God will work in their life and it's enough. Sometimes when we think about things with the church and we're like, man, we don't, we don't have that many people. We're kind of a small church, all these different things. What can we do? It's enough. And at the dinner table, when we gather together, and we plan our meals, guess what? There's always enough. How God works is God's grace is always sufficient. What God gives us is always enough. God always gives us enough to walk through whatever road we have next. Whatever challenge you're facing next, God has given you opportunity, the people around you, the, the chances for you to walk through that faithfully. But we kind of just like always want to know what the end of that road is going to be. We always want just a little bit more. But the picture in scripture is God will give you enough to meet that need that you have coming right now. If you do your part. If you show up, if you participate. So here's how it goes. And here's how the dinner works out. And this is how we know we're, we're going to have enough. Is that everybody comes together. Everybody brings something. And we can trust that it will be enough. And that's the picture of the family of God. That's the picture of how it works. If you are stressed or you're worried or you're concerned, ask yourself, are you doing what God has called you to do in this moment in time right now? Are you being faithful? Are you following God? Are you doing your best to walk through? Because if you do, God will fill in any gaps and will make sure that it's enough. If you're not, then, ch then check yourself. Pray, figure out what you need to do. But if you're following God to do the right thing, whatever comes next, you will have enough to deal with. And the people around here will have enough to deal with whatever comes next in the church. Let me, let, let me flip this around a little bit again. I want you to understand that when we gather for church, okay? When we gather like this, sometimes we get these weird ideas in our heads that we're showing up 
and we're showing up to listen to somebody talk and that will be, you know, kind of, that's what it's all about. Maybe we show up to sing. Maybe you show up for the donuts. I'm not sure why you show up. But typically, you think, I'm going to show up and participate. And I'm going to sit in my chair. I'm going to hear something. I'm going to get something. Uh, you know what? That is not really what all this is about. You understand that? What the church is about is everybody in the family sitting down everybody gathering together and everybody kind of hanging out and getting to know one another and, and doing it together. If there is a challenge coming up in your life, I believe that there's somebody here that can help you walk that path. I believe that God has put everything here in this community to help us go to that next point. That's how God works. That's how God brings people together. That's how the menu comes together in God's kingdom. It's, some, it's, it's a great potluck that somehow comes together and everything works out and there's just enough for everybody. And so this picture where Jesus again shows them over and over again, guess what? You're going to have enough and it's going to be okay this is what how i've designed it in your life is that you would be a person that walks by faith and every step of the way you had to had to do so in faith rely on those people around you and it's going to be enough and it's not necessarily going to be easy it's not going to be exactly the meal that you want but it's going to be enough for what comes next in your life Um, in John's account of the feeding of the 5,000, a little bit later, we get, which is really interesting, Jesus' reflection with his disciples, kind of talking about what happened right after the feeding of the 5,000. And this isn't with the big crowd, but Jesus says this in John chapter 6, kind of with his disciples, as he was reflecting on what just happened. Jesus said this, I tell you, you are looking for me, not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Referring straight to that story about 5,000 people being fed. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him God the Father has placed the seal of approval. Then they asked him, what, what must we do? What must we do to do the works God requires? Jesus answered, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. So they asked him, what sign will you give that we may see and believe in you? What will you do? Our ancestors ate manna in the wilderness, as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said to them, Very truly, I tell you, it is not Moses who gives you bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. 
Sir, they said, always give us this bread. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. But as I told you, you've seen me, and you still don't believe. Let me ask you, and maybe this is a story that should have been written eight or nine times in the scripture instead of just the amount that it was. Let me tell you, let me ask you, as you walk along in life, do you believe that God will provide your needs? Do you believe that God's grace is sufficient? Do you believe what God has put before you as a path for you to get that nourishment and that food that you need? Do you believe that that's enough? Do you believe that that will satisfy? So Jesus says, I am the bread of life. The people who sit down at his table are always fulfilled, always have enough, and are satisfied. So the question that we all have to ask ourselves is, what do I need to bring? Potluck dinner. Jesus is coordinating it. We all show up. Give what we have, and everyone has enough to eat and are satisfied. Will you pray with me? God, thank you for repeating this scripture over and over. Thank you for giving us this principle throughout the Bible where you just state that you will give us enough to face the challenge that comes next. And God, in a corporate setting, in our church setting, as a group, help us together to realize that you've called us to be the family of God. Your church in this community, in this neighborhood, You've called us to all come together, bring what we have, offer that to the community of faith, and all of us will have enough. God, I pray that you would multiply what we have, that you would do the miraculous work that only you can do, that you would fill us with your spirit, You take the small little gifts that we can offer and you do an amazing thing. You give us enough that there would be left over, that everyone would be satisfied. God, I pray in the coming weeks and even years that as a church community, all of us would show up with something. That we'd show up every Sunday, every time we gather. And we'd show up recognizing that we have something to contribute, something to give. Whether it's an encouraging word. Whether it's uh, helping with kids. Whether it's playing a song. Whatever it may be, God, that when we all show up, 
There's enough. 